What's up, podcast listeners? My name is Dan, and the guy to my left is this horse apple tree loving, <laughs> sitting on the front porch chilling guy. His name is Chris. Chris, how you doing, man? What up, man? I'm good. Chris, what you doing with that bucket of horse apples over there? Decor. <laughs> man, spiders hate horse apples, man. So you know. Oh, do they? Yeah. Why? They think they're ugly. I don't know, man. I mean, they just... think they're going to roll over them or something? I mean, uh, <laughs> I, don't I, don't know. I, I guess the smell? Can, can yeah, spider man. smell? I don't know, man. <laughs> well, anyway, we got a great show. <laughs> yeah, we do. We man. got a great show today. It's not about horse apples and spiders. <laughs> We're talking about how Satan ties up the ones he's scared of. The ones that he knows God is going to use. He binds them. So, it's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be good, man. Chris, ask me if I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, Chris, you remember a few episodes back, you challenged our listeners of growing a mustache? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to accept your challenge. I just want you to know I'm all in. I'm going to be running a half marathon in December, so I'm growing my beard out full as it can get, and then race day, I'm going to to shave it all off and just leave the mustache. That's, That's great, man. Right, so we got about five weeks until my race. I just need to decide what kind of mustache I'm going to have. Right. You got the the, the Tom Selleck mustache, right? Which the Chevron. Golden. Uh, that That's classic. Um, and then you got the handlebar mustache. Wait a minute. I'm, dude, I'm impressed. You know the names. <laughs> dude, I too know the names. I've done my mustache research. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so, so do you have any suggestions I mean, I, me. I I like the Chevron, you know? You like Chevron? I mean, okay. when I had one, I had the Chevron, the Tom yeah. Selleck. I'm kind of intrigued by the handlebar mustache. Like, I get some mustache wax and, like, yeah. really... Oh, really... I have some. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay. And, and then, of course, you got the Fu Manchu. You, you've had right. that before, though, right? I, I have. I have done that one before. Yeah, live a little. So so go with something that I haven't, I, I haven't tried I yet. Yeah. Okay. What do you think about our listeners voting on what style mustache I should have? I think they should. Yeah? Okay, so we'll give them, say, three choices. Right? We'll do the Tom Selleck mustache, the handlebar mustache, and the Fu Manchu. I'm thinking instead of Fu Manchu, the really narrow one. <laughs> the really... Oh, oh, like the uh, the, the, the pencil? Yeah. Like the pencil mustache? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Would you do that if they voted for it? If they voted for it, I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so listeners, go to our Facebook page and vote for the Tom Selleck mustache, handlebar, or the pencil mustache. <laughs> Don't vote for the pen- pencil mustache. <laughs> do it. Do it. Hey, Dan. Yeah, Chris. You ever traveled much? I've traveled a little bit, yeah. What is the farthest place you've ever been? <laughs> well, the farthest place I've been is China. Wow, really? Yeah, I spent a week in China. After I got my PhD, my advisor really wanted me to come visit him in China. So I had an opportunity to go, and I went for a week and got to visit a couple places there. Very interesting country. Don't necessarily want to go back. But it was a good experience. One and done? One and done. Of course, he wanted me to go back this past summer, but, you know, coronavirus. So would you have gone? I don't know. Maybe. I wouldn't want to get stuck there. Yeah, I almost got stuck there. Really? Yeah, I was on my way back home. So I was in Nanchung, and I was flying to Beijing for a connecting flight. And I had like a three-hour layover. But then my flight out of Nanchung got delayed. And when I got to Beijing, I didn't realize how huge the airport was. And so to make my connecting flight, it was in a different terminal. 
And so I had to leave the terminal, like I had to leave the building terminal I was at, get on a bus, ride 15 minutes to get to the other terminal. Of course, I don't know any Chinese, so I have to figure out where to go. And it wasn't just a connecting flight, right? Because I had a domestic flight in China, and then I had to connect to an international flight back home. And so I had to still go through customs and get a ticket. And so when I actually got to the terminal and I got to where I was supposed to be, I was cutting real close. So you just named a lot that you had to do, right? Yeah. And you just, and you had to do it all in English? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, I had my Chinese translator on my phone, but, you know, things don't really translate that well from English to Chinese. Right. And I can't speak Chinese anyway, even if I'm reading how to pronounce it. Because Chinese is a very difficult language. It's a tonal language. So you can say a certain word with a different tone and it's a totally different word there you bring great dishonor to our language (laughs) yeah but yeah man it was like 10 minutes before my flight was leaving and i haven't even gotten my ticket yet and so like i'm running and and i'm I'm getting to the ticket station i'm like man okay i'm i'm here you're doing the freak out i'm good i'm i'm here and then i turn the corner and i see the long line to get my ticket and i'm like i'm done I'm done. I'm, uh, I, I'm going to miss my flight. I'm going to be stuck in Beijing because I'm I'm flying back home by myself. I mean, I don't know anybody. I'm not with anybody. So, I mean, the only thing I could do is I went up to a security guy and I said, hey, I'm about to miss my flight. Can I cut line to get my ticket? And they let me. Really? Yeah. At this point, you know, they, they told me to run. Of course, my gate is at the very end of the terminal. So, I'm, I'm running with my luggage. <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> I'm out of breath and I finally get there and the plane is still there when I get there. And so I made it. I'm going through the gate and they said, wait, 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 sir. Come over here, please. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, what, what's happening? And so I didn't, I didn't go through the metal detector, you know, that, that checkpoint. Mm-hmm. And so they made me take off my shoes. They were going through my luggage and all that. And like, I'm sitting here, it's like, I got a flight that's about to leave. And they said, no, no, you'll make your flight. So since it was an airport, you were probably running in slow motion, right? <laughs> yeah, it felt like it. Because, <laughs> you know, I had you know, 20, 30 pounds of luggage on me, right. too. You know? I mean, when I got on that airplane, I got to my seat. Man, I was so sweaty. <laughs> From running? From running and just panicking. Oh, man, you're talking about... Doing the freak out. Yeah. <laughs> I felt sorry for the guy sitting next to me, but, man, I was so dumb. Man, I bet, I bet that was, uh, I bet that was, you know, kind of scary. Yeah, because you don't you don't know anybody. You can't even speak the language. Like everybody around you, you have no idea what they're saying. It's a communist country. But the moment to where you need to ask somebody a question and nobody understands you, that was the moment to where I had my first freak out, to where I can't communicate with anybody. That's a scary feeling. The guy that invited you, where was he at? Well, he left early. Well, nice guy, huh? <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, he was he had been there for a month, so I was just flying to him. And then he he left early for some reason. But overall, it was a good experience. Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Dan, do you ever have a verse that just sticks out in your head like maybe lately or uh, lately, I don't think so, not lately. Um, I know God's been speaking to me a lot about trust and waiting on him and i can't tell you exact verses but it's like every time i read the bible every time i go to church it seems like god is pointing me to trusting in him 
and waiting for him. And the thing is, I don't know what I'm supposed to be trusting in him about or waiting for him on. Maybe you're waiting on him to show you what you're waiting on. What? <laughs> I mean, Wait, is that again? Maybe you're waiting on him to show you what you're waiting on. You don't know what he's got going. You don't know. I mean, it could be something entirely new that you had no idea that you're about to get into. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So God is telling me to wait on him to wait on him. Yeah. Because I don't know what I'm waiting right. on, so I'm waiting to wait. You know, he has this thing where he, he does a new thing. Like, I was watching The Chosen uh, for a second time, and Mary, Mary Magdalene, she was in the red quarter. She was like a prostitute. And then uh, Jesus healed her. You know, she, she was possessed. And somebody saw her, like uh, one of Nicodemus's people, saw her in another town or whatever. In the show, Nicodemus mm-hmm. went to see her. And she said, I was one way, and now I'm another. I don't know if that has anything to do with what we're talking about, but woo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, so you, you never know when God's going to just do a new thing in your life, man. And man, he'll, he can do it out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. So yeah. just remember that. He's telling you to be patient. It could be something small, but it could be something just... But whatever it is, I want to wait to wait on God. Yeah, it could be something scary, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scary big, you know? Yeah. All right, so I was reading an article about addiction, and it said that addiction is not a choice that a person makes. It's not disobedience. It's bondage. Somebody doesn't decide to become addicted. Right. I mean, it's it, yeah. At first, you choose to do drugs or alcohol or whatever, mm-hmm. or whatever it is you're addicted to, but not knowing that it will become. Yeah, I guess you make that. I mean, I guess you make that initial choice. But you don't. You don't. But you don't choose don't, to become an addict. Yeah. I get right. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't really know what you're choosing. Yeah. Right. It's bondage. Yeah, it's bondage. It's Satan tying that person up and holding him down and keeping him from being the person that God wants him to be. You think there's a reason that Satan wants to have that person in bondage? I think he wants everybody in bondage. But I think there are certain ones that he's like, man, I've got to wrap this dude up. I can't have this person out there, yeah. you know, telling people about Jesus. And, yeah, because, and, I mean, you know, that, that person sitting in church every Sunday but doesn't ever really live out their faith. Right. Satan's not worried about that guy. Uh, he's, he's not a threat to him. But the one that he knows would would be all in. So, so what, Chris? What you're saying is the people who are God's biggest warriors that can make the biggest difference in the kingdom are the ones that Satan's the most worried about. Have the biggest battles, right? And one of Satan's biggest strategies is to tie them down. Most oftentimes, in addiction, and addiction can come in different forms. But you know, Satan knows he's already lost. But he's the type of dude that if I'm going down, I'm going to take as many people with me as I can. That's right. Yeah. Satan thought that he had won when he killed Jesus, right? You know, when Jesus died on the cross. Right. You know, he thought he won. He was strutting around. But then that stone rolled away from the tomb. And Satan was like, oh, man. (laughs) And so he knew he lost there. But so Satan knows what you can do. He knows what God is capable of doing through you. So his strategy is to keep you tied down with sin and addiction. Guilt, shame. Low self-esteem. And if he can keep you in bondage, then he doesn't have to worry about how many people you're going to lead to Christ. Everywhere I go, man, I'm trying to talk about God. 
No, I am not perfect, dude. I have my moments. I say things I shouldn't. I do things I shouldn't. Yeah. But everywhere I go, work or wherever it is, I'm trying to represent God. I'm trying to let his light shine through me. And when I was doing my thing and living in my darkest days, that wasn't the case. I was spreading misery and, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if I were Satan and I could see the future, I'd be trying to jump on my back and hold me down yeah. and not let me get away. Because right now, dude, I'm telling you, I'm on fire for God. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to spread the gospel. Right. I'm trying to spread the, the word, you know what I mean? Yeah. Chris, you had told me about when you were trying to come here and about how things just kept coming up. Yeah. And, just and you felt like it was Satan trying to keep you from... Yeah, I literally felt like... I literally, right there towards the end before I came here, I literally felt the battle of good and evil. Mm-hmm. I felt it. I don't know how... I can't explain it. Yeah. But I felt something like trying to keep me there. Yeah. Things kept happening, kept delaying when I was coming here. Things just kept happening, man. But I don't know if people really believe in the spiritual realm that Satan is active. You know, the Bible says that, you know, he's out to kill, steal, and destroy him. He's he's roaming to and fro. Satan hates five-year-olds. Satan hates infants. Satan hates old people. Satan hates innocent people. I mean, dude, Satan hates. It does not matter who you are. Yeah. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. And that says a lot about him right there. <laughs> I mean, okay, so look, that's the enemy. That's our opponent. I mean, right. I mean that's the, he's already been defeated, but that's the guy that's out to get us. Right. He doesn't do those things the way that we might think in our head. Like when we hear somebody who's out to kill, steal, and destroy. You think big machine gun? No, this dude is... He, uh, he kills, steals, and destroys with good things. Right. Seemingly good things. Yes. Yeah. He comes dressed just like you. He disguises himself. Yeah. It's everything you want. But... It's not what you're signing up for that you Mm get. Satan is real. He and his demons are trying everything that they can to to keep us down, to hold us down from becoming everything that God wants us to be. He don't want us out in the street talking about Jesus. He don't want us at our workplaces quoting scripture to people that don't know Christ. He, He doesn't want that, man, because he's already lost, but he loses even more when he loses souls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have, man, I felt the battle of good and evil in me and i know it's real man and i have felt evil in my life before i have felt this draining presence or feeling and that's when i said okay if i know that's real then i know god is real and i know that the evil has been defeated so you have nothing to fear really because there's a scripture that says for god gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control we know that powers of darkness or whatever it's powerful but know that satan has been defeated and know that for god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind so we have nothing to we don't have to fear that because god has overcome the grave he has defeated death he's defeated all that dark garbage we already know how the game ends yeah we already know how the story ends god wins ninth inning jesus was at the plate Dude, there's two outs. Bases are loaded. Actually, it only took a solo home run. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jesus hits a home run. Satan thought he had us. He was yeah. like, yeah. And so it doesn't up? matter what Satan tries to use to come against us. Right. He lost. He's not going to lose. He has he lost. He has lost. Yeah. So how can, if somebody's in bondage right now, 
how can he or she get out of that bondage? I can tell you the prayer that I used, and I didn't just do it one time. I did it like all day long sometimes for at least a year, man, more like two. God, I don't want this life anymore. I don't want to be in bondage mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. You are my only hope. You are my only hope. So crying out to God. Cry out to And admitting that you can't do it on your own. It's only God that can do it. You're defeated. You are my, Lord, you are my only hope. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you're going to do it. And help me with my unbelief. Yeah. Because when you're in that, when you're in that position, man, you feel like you are too far gone. But you're not. You're not, man. If I'm not, I'm telling you, you're not. He can, it doesn't matter what your situation is, man. He can deliver you, but you got to ask him. And you have to recognize it. And you have to call it out by name. Power in words. Yeah. You know, acknowledging that you can't do this on your own and that you need God. And don't give up when you, you know, just you pray once or twice and don't give up. Keep doing it. Help me to want you more. Help me to see you. Open eyes of my heart to you. I want you. I do not want this anymore. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. And we thank you that you are a God who loves us and takes care of us and wants good things from us. And God, we just want to acknowledge and and God, we realize that that Satan is real and Satan is out to try to destroy us, to keep us from living out your will and what you want for our lives. But God, we know that you have won. You have already won. I, I pray for the listeners, anyone who is struggling through addiction, anyone struggling through fear or doubt, or, or anything that Satan is using to tie them down. God, I pray that you would help them to break that bondage. Help them to know that you are stronger than anything that Satan can come against us with. And God, I pray that you would cancel any plans that the enemy has against us. God, I pray that you would bring deliverance. God, bring freedom as we trust you, as we believe in what your word says that you desire to give us good things. And God, we we give you our lives. We trust you. And we ask that you would free us from those bondages so that we can live for you, so that we can begin to walk with you and to live for you. God, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are loved. There is hope for all in Jesus. You are never too far gone.